Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. Whether it's the topical cream, the rapid cooling cream, or the good morning pills, the CBD plus melatonin, or you're just going dialing up one of their 3,000 milligram tinctures, this is the best CBD product across the nation all over the world. They're enjoying it. I want you to feel the benefits as well. So enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% at MedTerraCBD.com right now. This podcast is brought, also brought to you by Sickwix. Right now, those guys are gearing up to do a couple of product launches. They're now doing soap as well as those soy wax candles that you guys love so much. I've uh, completely ran out, so i got to restock up myself. But uh, we'll, we'll get that to in the next little bit. And this podcast is also our third and probably most prestigious sponsor that we have. is of course, the collective experience. The number one way to experience a supercross or motocross race is to do through so through the collective experience it's an all-inclusive all-encompassing absolute full throttle way to enjoy a motocross race or a supercross race you get you're in the pits you're beyond the velvet rope you're experiencing things at a whole new level and you're getting completely immersed into a racers program whether you're just going over the vip program or you're looking to even make more connections through their internship program of literally puts you makes you a team member for the day and you're making all of the uh the connections you need to make so you can secure yourself a job within the motocross industry guys like joe uh, cancellari and uh and many more have gotten their start through the collective experience do it today go to the collectivexp.com right now or if you're not following them on instagram yet at the collective ex you need to go do that you're missing out you must have the most ridiculous fomo in the world right now knowing that you're missing out of the collective EX. You can probably do it while you're listening on your mobile device device right now as we're here on iTunes. I am your host, Brad Gephardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, this being episode 741. But with me on the line to break down Atlanta Supercross, we were both there this weekend. We both went to bed early. We were both, we were both absolute muppets. We have no business going to these Supercross races if we're not going to stay out. Like, uh, we're both complete mushes in the fact that when we, we pick guys for fantasy, they always do terribly. Dave Drakes, welcome to the podcast, my friend. <laughs> What's up, man? Yeah, we're going to have to redeem ourselves uh, after this past Atlanta Supercross. we got to stay up at least till 11. That's going to be the goal. Dude, I was disappointed in myself. Like I'm going to bed Friday night. I know Tongue and Groove is basically just getting rolling, and I can barely keep my eyes open from the travel uh, I don't know if it was some some midweek illnesses that have sort of been dragging me down. Maybe too many times, too many sessions in the gym while trying to still stave off this sickness, um, or just all the garbage germs that I run into at the airport. But uh, wasn't feeling like going out on Friday. We're like, are like, uh, like, we were both like, all right, it's not happening Friday night. Tomorrow night's the night. Saturday night, let's do this. And, uh, yeah, the following night was, uh, basically the exact same scenario. We went out for dinner afterwards. We both grabbed a burger. Uh, but I think I was back at the hotel 1045, damn near 11 o'clock. You were toying with the idea about going to Tongue and Groove. It probably would have been a lot of, uh, a lot of fun, but like, I was literally looking at you, you had, like, your eyes were all glassy. You're ready for bed. You wanted to try and soldier on. I was like, dude. Let's pull the pin. We're going to bed. It's not, it, tonight's not our night. And like when I said that, like a feeling of like, 
like, uh, just like, you were so relieved that we didn't have to go out. You were just like, yes, it's time. And you and, uh, um, who, who is it that was with you? Who was, who was driving us around that night? Uh, Jeremiah Ellis. He was, uh, AJ's mechanic from a couple of years ago. And yeah. he came down from, uh, from Mass. Yeah, dude, we were, we were pretty well exhausted. I think, honestly. It's a long it's day, even though it was early. Early start made for a was, long day. It was gnarly. And the only reason why I was like, you know what? If you guys want to go to TNG, I'm down. was because my flight, like, departed at, like, 6 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, if I don't go to bed, like, eh, no, no worries. I got to be up in three hours anyway to get ready for my flight. So yeah. I was like, eh, I can stay up for another two and a half hours. You know what I mean? I guess so. so. And you just drink rock stars or, or uh, yeah, you drink rock stars all night. So it's just, uh, that's good. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but we ended up having a good time anyway. So that's all that matters. Had some good food, hung out with some friends, bench race, talked some crap. Uh, it was fun. Absolutely. No, it was an awesome weekend. Uh, great racing on the track. Uh, what, what did you have going on in the collective experience? Oh, we had a few uh, few interns um, that stopped by for Atlanta. It's always a popular one. We had uh, a fan come through for the fan experience and a returning intern from uh, Tampa that wanted to um, partake in some more connections and uh, a few other uh, a few other follow-ups from the race so that he can kind of solidify his relationships with the people that he met. So that was really cool. Um, we love when that happens. We really want to be a springboard for people to get into the industry and to help nurture a lot of these relationships that people are creating for themselves. So uh, it was fun. They actually had a good time. Um, Tyler Bowers from the Trigger Racing team uh, was working with one of the interns, and they had nothing but great things to say about the program. Tyler absolutely loves it, loves getting people on board that can help him get to the next level in his racing and help him get be more successful in, um, when it comes down to the night program. His mechanic enjoys having the extra hands and the exposure and experience people are getting. It's just second to none, man. They're on track walk with us. Um, you know, they're, they're talking to just shot callers in the industry, company owners, um, guys that we have on our walls and we're going up as kids or just on track walk with them. It's, it's pretty freaking cool, man, to be out there and start talking to Ricky Carmichael one second, the next thing Chad Reed, the next minute, talking to Chase Sexton, and it's just it's such a cool experience for people, and I want to make sure that we get as many people exposed to that as possible. Absolutely. It's like I've said in the podcast dozens of times, it's the best way to go watch a race. It's the, like, for all the times you're standing outside of any pit area, you want to walk across that velvet rope, you want to see what it's like to peek behind the curtain, this is exactly it. The Collective uh, XP.com, the Collective EX on Instagram. Go check them out. Uh, the vlog, I hear the vlog is, is unreal. I'm a part of it this weekend. Let's talk about that a little bit. How excited are you to be releasing this premium content that I'll be featured in? <laughs> yeah, it was fun, man. We Honestly, whenever we get together, we have so many freaking laughs. Like the, We should have done more. Like the, the, we we should have, but honestly... We got more than you thought, man. Like, there's so many of you and Greco. I've got about maybe 15 minutes of you and Greco going back and forth. That is just hilarious. Just and calling each other pieces of shit. It, that is is that good? Is that good video? It's so funny. And the worst part is, I have to decide what stays and what goes. And it's like, do I want the Honda or do I want the Yamaha? Have to be. It's literally they're both. Everything in there is amazing. You run a Kawasaki. So, oh, that's gonna be. I'm just using examples. Yeah, the Kawasaki. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. So we've You're got ridiculous. a lot of that. You and Tapia, I mean, 
you name it, man. It's some really good content. And um, I like the vlog because it gives perspective on a bunch of different people. So um, with the collective, we've got so many riders and so many contributors and supporters and stuff like that. Um, I can kind of, I'm, I'm allowed to show just a lot of people's perspective. I'm not just for one team. So um, yeah, it, it's, it shows a, from sun up to sundown what we go through, what we do. Um, you can see Brad and his hijinks, picking center riders and them going back and forth. It, it's pretty funny, man. It's, it's, it's super enjoyable. I think people are going to dig it. So uh, definitely check out the collective experience. Check out our uh, stories. You're going to see a swipe up here tonight. And uh, subscribe. We want to get the word out. We want to get more people involved and uh, get, get things popping for them. All right, on, man. Well, uh, hopefully people uh, take you up on that offer and uh, you're completely sold out of VIPs the rest of the season thanks to uh, all the shout-outs we get here on, on the Big MX Radio pod. I appreciate you always making time for it. Let's talk ATL Supercross. Of course, we have no stories of going out and running amok uh, like uh, Jason Wygant where he was just getting absolutely uh, obliterated. Uh, just grade nine loser pissed uh, at the end of the night, and then Kevin Kelly puts it on his uh, Instagram story uh, of, uh, of of Weege driving home at the end of the night, which was even better. Um, but uh, let's start with this racetrack. The most basic track we've seen so far. It featured an over-under bridge, and it's still under a minute. You know the track is basic when it's under a minute uh, with an over-under bridge. They're basically, like, it's not a big floor. Um... I wasn't a huge fan of it, and it, it it was hard on top. And you kept every time I'd see the 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 machines go out, they would sort of smooth things off. But it was it was basically just putting dust on top of crust. It was brutal as far as uh, traction out there. There wasn't a lot of it. Guys breaking loose everywhere. The sand section sucked. Other than when Barsha sent it uh, over top of uh, Justin Hill's head. Um, what were some positives we can take away from it? I'm just being negative so far. Um, honestly, I'm going to have to agree with you for a lot of it. It was a very basic track. One thing that I did like was, uh, from a fan's perspective, that three out of the corner to three onto the table, that was really cool to watch if you were there in person to practice. Um, that was a very big send that a lot of people had to really stretch out before they kind of got the rhythm down uh, early in qualifying. So kind of did that aspect of it. Um, but – I will say I do like the sand section this weekend. Didn't really care for it, except for, like you said, when Barsha sent the sand. Um, I, I loved it when we saw that sand section in San Diego, just a big sweeping corner. The guys can get pretty fast speeds up. That was awesome. Even Glendale had a pretty decent one, um, a nice pretty much, believe it, almost like a 180. Um, but, yeah, this weekend, just one solid strip out of a, a single not that exciting. I don't, I don't think it uh, really did much for, for the racing and just got those guys all beat up from having sand blasted in their eyes for, uh, for like a little under 20 minutes. So um, definitely uh, could have could have been a better track. And I also, I, I think the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, just a little bit smaller footprint than the Georgia Dome was. Oh, and for uh, sure smaller. It, I mean, it looks it, tiny. Yeah, when you're, well, because it's it such does. a grand, gigantic, like it has such a huge seating p- capacity, the floor looks like, uh, looks kind of dinky, honestly. Like, I don't know how much I would love yeah. watching football from there because, like, you'd kind of feel removed from the game. Like, like basically midfield yeah. is probably, I would say, like, 80, 90 yards away from the press box. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's super weird. I, I don't know. It's um, It's a bit... Uh... 
yeah, like you said, removed. I mean, the place is, it's an amazing stadium. Very, very pretty, um, new everything. It's just, uh, yeah, when you're, when you're looking at it and, and like you're watching a race and you're like, man, this, like you said, lap time's super close. The footprint isn't as big. I mean, compared to like a Glendale, man, that's, that's like half the size of Glendale pretty much, you know, and um, it really showed with the like said, quicker lap times, all the other stuff. So, um, you know, hopefully we get a, a better setup um, at this, at Daytona, much, much, much bigger wide open arena. Um, so uh, I, I am looking forward to that one. But um, the racing, thank goodness did not disappoint. I thought for sure we'd see uh, kind of like a goat trail, not many passes, guys kind of staying where they are, but the 450 proved otherwise. So I think we were treated to some good racing still. Yeah, it was good, absolutely. Uh, the the 450 racing, Tomac gets a bad start, so does so does Barsha. They both find their way through the pack at di- diff- different uh, sort of levels of, uh, of mastery. Of course, uh, Tomac gets into both Barsha and like that sets Barsha wild. Uh, he's he's basically just like he's doing everything he could uh, to to get back in front of Eli. And then uh, not too long after that, Eli uh, decides to uh, put it into Blake Baggett as well. So uh, Eli not making any friends out there, and in the process uh, takes himself down. Um, and relinquishes uh, any chance of getting towards the lead. Oh, and meanwhile, Ken Roxon, like, was he was he ahead by a minute? Did he have forty five seconds? Didn't matter either way. He was gone. Yeah, man, Roxon just sprinted. He got out of there quick. He's been doing that all season. Uh, I told you a little bit in the uh, the live. I think he found the formula to to win in these races. Something that works for him is literally getting a whole shot, running his butt off, not really yeah. setting a. Um, I had him in first lap later for fantasy. Yeah, same. And he, he gave us both pretty good points. Um, yeah, he just got out front, sprinted, and made it work for himself. I mean, this guy can run away from the pack in the first five seconds quicker than anybody. And and from there, he just manages, manages his lead. You know, kind of drops the heart rate a little bit and just rides his laps while those guys kind of shuffled around and battle and everything. And, um, yeah, Kenny was gone, man. This is kind of like Kenny was outdoors. I think it was 16 maybe when he was uh on his uh the rch team and man the guy is just he looked he looks very very solid um obviously he didn't get a chance to you know fight tooth and nail with tomac but man the guy the guy knows how to just get himself away from adversity get out to an early lead and run to the checker flag man i think this is super cool to see kenny consistently um being a, a winner on the series it's been so long since we've seen this guy win a race and now he's just knocking him out solidly I think he's happy with his bike, happy with his team, happy where he's mentally, happy with his body, and I really hope that we see him and Tomac kind of go back and forth because one guy just running away with it, man, we would be so bored, and we're just getting treated to some good battles. And now we're, I think we're all tied up for points heading into Daytona. Two hundred apiece. I've never been two red yeah, plates in Daytona more, for the fiftieth, and like, I've there's never, no chance of having it tied yeah. coming out of there. Uh, so exactly, like, unreal. I love it. Exactly. I'm 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 super stoked. I'm really looking forward to that one. And uh, I, I haven't been this amped for uh, Daytona race in in quite a while, so it's going to be one to remember, man. No doubt. And the the two of them almost have a full race on on third and fourth in points. Um, it's it's almost a full race back for Cooper Webb right now. He's got to start doing some winning. Obviously, uh, he's probably still feeling the effects of that that gnarly crash they had in Arlington. Um, like 
like obviously Daytona, like not not exactly the one that like obviously he's, he does well outdoors as well, but not really one you'd think that Cooper would just absolutely dominate at. Um, this definitely seems like the track that uh, that Eli is going to shine at the most. Um, if it's not Eli, who's it going to be this weekend? Oh man, that's so difficult. I mean, obviously everyone's saying Eli Tomac, right? I mean, a track like like Daytona where it's just so gnarly with different um, outdoor type terrain. I mean, huge holes, and I don't—I don't mean whoops or or little GF sections. I mean they literally dig holes into this damn track, and it looks like a bomb went off. And Tomac is very good, probably best, better better than we've seen in recent history, other than Ricky. That is just good about holding it wide open and bombing each section. Where a guy like Roxon, a little bit more methodical about where he goes, um, a little bit more technique-ish. Tomac just does not give a shit. He will hold it wide open, really through a section and get through it. And that's the type of track where it really uh, rewards riders like that. If not, I think Cooper Webb could be super solid. Um, the guy is a, uh, a straight up bulldog. I mean, he he's very similar to to, uh, to Tomac in that regard. Maybe not as aggressive or not um, as able to keep up momentum like uh, like uh, Tomac is, but still he's super stubborn. I think he's going to have a really good showing. Um, I think obviously Brayton is always a good call for, for a decent ride. Do I think he's got what it takes to win again? Not really sure, but I do know that he's solid in, um, in that type of arena. Um, I will say Barsha could surprise us. We know that he likes, um, pretty adverse conditions and he's been on a tear lately. We haven't seen Barsha, um, be a solid top three, top four, top five guy like this week in, week out in a very long time. So you can't count that guy out. So um, I mean, it could be anyone's game, man. Obviously, like I said, Tomac's probably the, the first pick to win this one. But if he doesn't, man, there's a whole field of guys that are just chomping at the bit, ready to get a win in Daytona. Fair enough. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves to who's going to do something at Daytona, let's talk about our fifth place in the 450 class. He was second place most of the night. Marty was up there, Dave. He was up there. He was, man. And, and I told you before, I was so bummed. I'm a Marty fan, and watching a, a team as small as Tedder's, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always down for the privateer and satellite support teams. It, it's cool to watch those kind of, kind of rise to, um, to be, like, premier-level teams. And um, I was pulling for them, man. You know, uh, last-minute effort we put together. It would be really cool to see a team like that get a really early um, really, really early win in their career. Um, Marty rode very, very well. He looked solid, and I feel so gutted for the guy because you know he could have had second place or very minimum a third. And, um, you know, falling back to fifth, I'm sure he's bumming himself. But it's still a very good ride and a very, very stacked class. So Marty could use this as momentum moving forward. Um, he made a few mistakes. You and I went back and forth on it, thinking it's a little bit of him just not being used to um, running up front in a 450 class quite yet, um, as well as maybe a little, just a little bit of fitness, maybe just off the off the mark just a little, little bit. Um, but he showed really good signs of being able to do this in the future, and this is a really good um, point in this uh, his season to kind of springboard him to the next level. So good job on Marty. He could use this moving forward, and we could see a Marty uh, – um, top top three in the in the near future. Uh, hey, like just another guy to throw in the mix. I said it on the Instagram live. Not saying that uh, we're gonna see uh, consistent top five rides from uh, from Marty going forward. Heaven knows that we've there's plenty of other guys that uh, we've seen in the past that uh, like like there's 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 so many guys that you could slot into that fifth place spot. 
at the same time, you could also put most of those guys all the way back to fifth on, or, or twelfth on certain nights. So uh, just just another guy to uh, to be mindful of, especially with some confidence and getting starts. I don't necessarily know that Daytona is the right track for uh, for Marty to uh, keep that momentum going, but. Who knows? Uh, definitely something to uh, to keep an eye on, especially heading into uh, Indy and then Detroit shortly after that. Man, these guys just keep racing and racing and racing. It's absolutely wicked to see. Um, but uh, like Eli Tomac now salvages a like he's on the ground at some point. I think he stalled it in the sand as well. Still salvages a fourth place, um, two hundred points on the year. Um, so far, his worst race of the year so far was the first race uh, at Anaheim. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think we're gonna get a bad one from him. Honestly, like I think he's uh, he's he's really started to mature in his racecraft, and uh, maybe this weekend he was a little bit uh, in too much of a panic to get to the front and ended up uh, not making some friends out there. Uh, apparently, had to do do some apologizing, which is not something he's uh, he's been known for in the past. Um, later on, so, uh, yeah, that's, that, that was a bit out of characteristic, but, like, when you go piss people off, I guess you gotta go say sorry, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I, like, obviously Ken, uh, Ken had his day, uh, in Daytona, but, uh, if Eli can write the ship, I think we're, uh, we're in for, basically, it's, it's gonna be, the, these two just, just, like, um, like, just, uh, throwing haymakers at each other until we get to Salt Lake City. Oh, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, this is a really unique position for us to be in, talking about Tomac. We are so used to talking about Tomac for round two, then nothing for round three, four, five, and then, you know, round six, seven, eight, it's a Tomac train, and then he falls back again. We haven't really seen a Tomac this consistent Supercross in ever. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy other than him being on the 250 series. But, uh, yeah, he looks good, man. I think he's starting to realize – um, you know, I don't have to kill myself going from, you know, 17th to first and trying to win if the, if the circumstances end up like that. I'm just as good with a fourth or a fifth or a third. Um, and just, I don't know if it's a quite maturity or maybe the strategy of kind of running the long game like we've seen Dungey do in the past. And, um, yeah, he's, he's looking solid, man, looking very, very solid. The mistakes he made, a little bit uncharacteristic of Tomac. And watching him um, get tangled up with Baggett, that was a serious 250 rookie guy move. I mean, he, I think he should have realized where he was. I mean, this guy's a multi-time champion, and um, you don't want to be taking out guys like Baggett. Man, the guy is uh, the guy's a brute. And he's wicked fast. So, um, yeah, a little uh, uncharacteristic of him. But we all have those weekends. Um, it would have been super cool to see Cooper Webb and Tomac battle like for a solid good four or five laps, just solidly back and forth, back and forth. Because you know, like I said, both of those guys are super stubborn and very bulldogish. So. Um, yeah, they're, they, when they sit their eyes on something, they're both going to go after it. And, um, that would have been super cool to see. So, um, heck off to him. And I'm pumped to see Barsha really having a solid program for himself, man. It's, uh, it's very, very rare to see Barsha doing this good this late into the series. But, uh, he's looking like he's legit this year. I wonder what, what that turning point was for him. I, I don't know if it's bike development or just his pro, his uh, training program, but guy looks solid, man. He's like, he's on his marks. Yeah, no, I, I'm impressed, man. Like it's uh, it's kind of coming down to a two horse race, but I don't mind that whatsoever. We've definitely had some seasons where it's uh, sort of a far gone conclusion already uh, at Daytona. So we got a super tight race. Let's talk about 250s for a little bit here. The the super the the 
Main event wasn't exactly the most scintillating race. It was kind of three guys at the front of the pack uh, following each other around a little bit. They switched positions uh, a, cu- a couple of times, but for the most part, Chase Sexton out front, styling, and he's got a five-point lead. Yeah, man. Sexton, he, he's he's looking good, looking very comfortable. Um, i, I got to be honest, I didn't think I would, I would uh, have pegged him to be this solid in the season. I knew he would be a top three guy. I did not think he would be the points leader over someone like McElrath. Um, coming in, so um, I'm, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, pleasantly shocked. He's earning that that uh, that nod that people are giving him as you know leader of the class um, and proving people wrong, like myself last year, who uh, said that he might have not um, really deserved that title that he uh, that he got. Um, and yeah, he's 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 absolutely doing phenomenal, looking like a little mini Ken Watson, like we said in the uh, on the live. And uh, he's jumping well with that Honda, man. He, he, out of all the Honda guys, he looks like he is so comfortable with his, especially in the whoops, um, mid-corner, the guys on the gas early, that's the, in the frame twitch too much. He's really at one with his motorcycle, and I think that's going to make him very potent because of his style. Um, very smooth, uh, not too erratic or harebrained like we see most 250 guys. And... Uh, yeah, he's he's just he's solid, man. Really impressed that he's able to do this over someone like a Shane McElrath or Hampshire. The guy's young; he doesn't have nearly as many gate drops as McElrath or Hampshire, but he's showing some really old guys for a fifty uh, prowess and, and confidence. So I think he's going to be lethal throughout this whole entire title, man. I think he's going to keep McElrath on his toes. McElrath is still the guy picked to win the title at the end of the season, but Sexton looks like he's going to make that very difficult, and Shane's going to have to ride his freaking ass off. Uh, for the next couple of rounds to keep Sexton at bay. And you can't, you know, you can't talk about this without talking about Hampshire, just getting used to this Husky and being a real, real form inside of these guys. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be a fantastic finish to this series. It's already a dandy brewing. Um, does, like, Hampshire is definitely one of these big three right now. He's currently sitting, I believe he's sitting uh, third in points. Um, does he, does he make a, uh, does he, does he win one of these before the end of this thing? He's, he's, he's currently, uh, 14 points down after three races. Does he win one of these things? I could see him winning at Daytona. Um, he, he's a super solid rider. Um, he looks like he's just, just getting used to the Husky. So we could see him be even more comfortable and, um, and start really, really um, giving these guys more of a more of a fight for the, for the lead. I, I don't think we've seen them really um, come together and, and and yard these guys or come from like second place to pass the first place guys and then pull away like we've seen Sexton able to do or Macrad able to do. So um, I think I think that's, that's definitely in store for him. He's used to the to the Florida dirt. He's used to this um, sort of sandy, really loamy setup, and um, he's. he's Almost like a, like a home race for him. The guy pretty much lives and trains in Florida all the time. Doesn't really leave too much, and um, I could really see him doing good in something like this. Last time we were talking, you know, screaming R.J. Hampshire was when he did the WW Ranch uh, GP, and he won that pretty convincingly. And um, I think it all had to do with proximity to home, him being used to the soil type, um, and just being in front of a crowd that he kind of knows. And R.J. is going to get that this weekend, so um, I could see that see him. Doing it, doing it in the Daytona and uh, setting this off with yet another winner in the 250 class. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I, I think that uh, RJ 
is is definitely sort of lurking in the shadows right now. Obviously, he won one of the main events at uh, at Arlington, but he's, he definitely seems like uh, someone who can um, can really like. He definitely has the speed of all of both those front guys. Um, he's got the fitness. You know, he's got the fitness. Uh, and you're right, being from Florida. Racing in Daytona, familiar with that type of uh, landscape, I think that might be a little bit of a leg up, of course. Uh, that one easy uh, Geico Honda might also have something to say about it, but uh, um, in the in the past, um, Daytona's definitely been a track where horsepower doesn't hurt, so maybe this is a place where that Yamaha uh, comes out to shine. Uh, I believe this is um, uh, Jeremy Martin won uh, this race on a... Uh, on a, on a Yamaha here. So that, that might be an indication of what to see. Bummer deal for Jeremy Martin. Uh, RJ Hampshire takes out uh, a tough block, and then Jeremy Martin goes ass over tea kettle right, uh, right over top of it. That was a bummer. Yeah, man. It, it, it sucked, especially since he had that really good heat race. I thought for sure that uh, that Martin would um, – this would be his night to, to put the Honda on the, on the podium. You know, I, mean, I don't think I, we've seen him be this comfortable in Supercross. Um, um, ever. I mean, he didn't. He, he did ride pretty decently in the Yamaha, but he looks really co- more, a lot more comfortable on the on the Honda and Supercross. And um, yeah, he got the the crap end of the stick on this one, man. Uh, it really puts a puts a damper on his um on his 250 campaign for for Supercross. And it just, I think he's gonna have to just abort abort mission and and focus on outdoors at this point, man. I mean, he's so far down with this bad ride and. Um, I mean, we've said it so so many times before. You can't afford to have a single bad ride in, in the 250 class. They're just not enough races to make up for it, and they're, they're too deep right now to have something like this. So, um, man, it, and not only that, but just momentum and confidence going forward. I mean, he's got to feel super dejected that this happened and you know not able to um, uh, to capitalize on a night where he really looked like he was a a guy that could have contested for a win. So, um, you know, they tell us more of a a track that might suit him a little better. So uh, we'll see, but man, it's just such a bummer. We won't see the number six, like, you know, run, run it up there for a title. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I think, uh, um, it's sort of an opportunity passed him by. He's shown speed. Uh, I don't think he's going to stop racing, super riding supercross during the week whatsoever, but, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, a full race behind already. Um, he's behind Jordan Smith. Who's had some, Pretty dismal performances in his own right. Uh, a four on this last weekend basically puts it almost. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say completely out of reach, but he'd basically have to run the table uh, to put points on the on the rest of those those guys um, moving forward. Because it's not just one guy he's worried about. It would be Shane and it's RJ. Those guys are absolutely flying right now. Um, so uh, um, pretty 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 good racing so far. Um, what did uh, like, okay? I didn't pick up for, for Pulp Mech Fantasy. You did. Uh, who expected that out of Enzo Lopes? I was pretty impressed with the guy. Uh, I believe he ends up sixth on the night. Like, like, where did this kid come from? Like, like he's on arguably, like, I guess the Yamaha, fantastic in, in stock trim. That uh, the Club MX Yamaha must be well appointed, but it, it can't be better than the factory Suzuki that he was on last year. Like, it's a completely different uh, scenario for uh, for Enzo Lopes, and he's he's he's. He's literally like taking leaps and bounds better, of course. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that was such a good pick to get maximum points for uh, for Lopes, and I'm really glad that I got your blessing on that one because when I saw that, I was like, you know, I think Lopes is gonna have a good night. He seems to be doing a little bit better each week on that Yami, and 
he paid off big for us. But I think his biggest thing is there's a lot of pressure that people don't realize that comes when you're on a factory squad. And um, that just takes so much of your focus away from your actual riding, just living up to the hype and, and making your sponsors happy and putting in good rides for the team and all this other stuff that really clouds your kind of what your mission is at times. And I think him being a smaller tier team with, like you said, a very good base motorcycle that is competitive and stock trim. And then when you, once you put your own suspension, massage the motor a bit, two components here and there, it makes it even more of a just efficient, effective tool. I think those are all recipes for a, a much more solid year for Lopes. And we're seeing that, um, you know, he's not a, he's not a rookie. He's been through the whole rigmarole before. He's on a much better, uh, better suited bike for him, it looks like. And the pressure doesn't seem to be on him because he's riding for a lesser known team. So um, this must be just awesome for uh, for the for that for those guys. And uh, it ends up moving forward. I mean, he was a, a, a sort somewhat of a very big amateur. I won't say prodigy, but like standout. And um, looks like he's making strides to kind of um, continue that onto the pro ranks and and uh, have his name carry some weight. So I'm excited to see what happens. I don't I don't see. Uh, a big um, if strength outdoors wise for Lopes, so I don't know how he'll do in Daytona. I think he'll he's definitely capable of doing like a top twelve, top ten for sure. Will he be at top five, top six, top seven? It's going to be tough because you know there's there's a lot of outdoor guys or outdoor specialists that are they're they're eyeing for those uh, for those good positions. But um, I, you know if he if he if he did something like he, like a repeat of a top six, um, I wouldn't be too surprised. I mean, and honestly, you just make his stock rise that much that much higher and and have his confidence roll forward to send him to the next tier rider. So hats off to him, man. Really, really cool to see a smaller tier company, uh, smaller tier team, do what, he, do what they're doing and getting these good rides. And, um, yeah, put some more eyes on the little guys. Fair enough. Um, so give me a, give me your podium, both classes, from uh, from Daytona. Go. Oh, okay. 450, I'm going to have to go Tomac. Webb Roxon. I think those guys are going to do really good. Um, 250, uh, I'm going to say RJ, Martin, and McElrath. Fair enough. I like it. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go McElrath, Marchbanks, Sexton, 250 class. Ooh. Out 450s, I'm going Tomac... El Hombre, Jason Anderson, okay. and Justin Barsha third. Good call. Honestly, I could see Anderson doing good at this track. I don't know why. I think he's just he's, he's loose. He kind of lets, lets the bike flow. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what he's he not need. afraid to ride a motorcycle. Yeah, and and I'll be doing so from the comfort of my own home uh, this coming Saturday. Um, Dave Drake's uh, on the Big MX Radio podcast. We appreciate you uh, coming on. Where can people follow you on social media so that they can find out more about the collective? Um, they can check us out at the Collective EX on Instagram, the Collective Experience on uh, YouTube, the Collective XP on Facebook. Um, yeah, hit us up. Contact at thecollectivexp.com for email. Um, let us know what you guys um, are wanting to experience. You can check out all of our great programs. Um, hit us up on you know Instagram DMs at the Collective DX. 
Uh, we want to get as many people behind the scenes and meeting um, industry leaders, teams, uh, riders, and get them solidified in the sport with connections, jobs, you name it. Uh, we want to do that big time for as many people over the world as we can. And we've got people that are um, that are really getting some amazing opportunities and just want to spread that far and wide. So hit us up anytime or hit up uh, Brad at Big and Max. He knows this program probably better than I do at this point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we want, to, we want to make sure everybody gets as immersed and uh, – and involved in the sport as possible. Absolutely. Uh, no, man, I, I, like, I, I know this program better than you do because I just keep adding shit. I, I, I keep making promises that you have to follow through on, like the, um, <laughs> like getting to meet monster chicks and like doing like full oh. rig tours of the PC truck, like things you can't even do. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like literally like getting to like take a nap in Eli's motorhome. Um, it sounds yeah, actually real, but the key to the, to the Cowie rig, the whole deal. Yeah, basically, you get to drive the Cowie <laughs> rig to the next race. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all, and like, and those are free perks with the collective experience. You don't even all you have to do is follow them on social media, and you get to do all those things. Um, Dave, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. But we'll definitely talk to you next week when we break down Daytona. Yes, sir. I'm am for it, man. Definitely, guys. Make sure you're listening to Big Next Radio. Uh, I can't think of a more in-depth pod, so check it out. Are you promoting the podcast while people are listening to the podcast? Like, I I feel if they're listening, they're already already fans, Dave. I'm I'm doubling down, man. I'm doubling down. 48 minutes, well, 38 minutes into into, uh, recording, and you're... uh, um, and you're promoting the podcast. If people have gotten this far, I'm fairly certain that they're hooked. If they're, you know what I mean? Like if, the only people who are listening right now are like Jonesy, Jer- Garrett Rockley, and maybe uh, Dale Mary. Borg, who I didn't see this last weekend, and that hurts my feelings. Um, who else is watching or is listening? I don't. I don't even know. Um, it's probably like a list of maybe three people and your mom, and like that's. Yeah, and then maybe your chick, oh, which, and she, you're, and your chick's only yeah, listening to see if Mary, you like. Sure. It, yeah, Mary's listening, but she's only listening to see if you put your foot in your mouth and like, um, like rat yourself out for all of the uh, transgressions that you uh, are are, oh, are committing on race weekends. But uh, yeah, let's let's cut this thing off because now <laughs> I'm just rambling and it's 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 even worse audio than the rest of the podcast combined. All right, man. Yeah, we'll talk to you uh, next week and uh, get things going for. Uh... Absolutely. You have yourself a fantastic one. You, you too, sir. Looking forward to it. Right on.